I got a, I got a, I got a real doozy for you, Parker, for nice. this week. Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. The kind of thing that I don't even think is on an IMDb. Oh wait, here it is. <laughs> I couldn't find it at first. Took a little bit of doing. So, uh, how's your uh, unexpected vacation been? <laughs> did you talk about that the last time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, uh, so we are on. Uh, we are on. God, well, I've lost track of days. To be honest, <laughs> what a bastard. I yeah. It's it's. Oh, I've been off so long. Don't even. Know I don't even know what the day is anymore. No, the it has not. Been, week is it? it has not been fun in games, Parker. I've just been getting a lot of like. Adult stuff done, and not like fun adult stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's something. That's the one less thing you have to have hanging over you when you're back working. Right, but then it never ends. <laughs> it's not like those problems ever go away, Parker. Yeah, uh, I uh, yeah, it's like all right. I got to, I got to secure a loan. <laughs> I got to, I got to sign some contracts for some roofing uh, work. All right. This is great. Right. <laughs> Life goals being achieved. Uh, no, I am actually going to be uh, going down. My, my my dad has a place in Delaware. I'm going to go down there and get some writing done. Uh, oh, mostly, mostly because my wife is so... T- like Melissa is so sick of me being around the house. Um, <laughs> really she lied. is so sick of it. <laughs> it's it's actually... Really grating on her. I am apparently, and this is her words, miserable. <laughs> she, she came to me the other day and she goes, when is your hand getting out of that splint? I'm like, I don't know, another like three or four weeks because you need to go somewhere and do something. You are so miserable here. I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. Sorry, baby. Okay. Uh, and so I, I told her, I was like, so I was thinking about going down to you know, my parents' place and she's like, just go. Just go, when, when? When are you going to go? Are you going to go now? Because I'm yeah. sick of you being around the house. <laughs> go, okay, I'll leave. <laughs> so, no, I have not been. I mean, I have been watching. I've been watching uh, some stuff. Uh, been diving into the Criterion Collection on Hulu. Nice. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds like it. So I saw, I, saw, <laughs> I saw some films where I was like, I can't believe I haven't seen this yet. Gotcha. Um. Saw uh, Brian De Palma's first major film, Sisters, which cool. after that, you have no idea who Brian De Palma is. <laughs> he did Carrie. Oh, okay. Um, amongst gotcha. other things. Gotcha. But Carrie is probably the one that most people would recognize him for. Uh, after seeing Sisters. Oh, I, and Scarface. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's right. He did do Scarface. And mi- the first Mission Impossible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, after watching Sisters, I realized what he ripped off. Like, he basically ripped off his own film to make Carrie. Because so gotcha. much of Carrie is in Sisters. It's ridiculous. Gotcha. Uh, watched, I rewatched The Magnificent Seven. Mm, uh, great movie. I rewatched The Seven Samurai. <laughs> Saw The Blob for the first time. I've ah, never seen The Blob. The, like, original? Yeah. Yeah, with Steve, uh, Steve McQueen. Yeah. One of his earliest films. Funny. <laughs> Funny enough, with that, he is so bitter, or was so bitter about that, because he thought the movie was going to fail, so he took, like, 
three thousand. They offered him so much money, like a l- low amount of money, and some ridiculously high percentage of the gross. Like he had gross of gross. He had like and he had like something like five percent of the gross. Holy crap! And he didn't. And he didn't take it because. And so many. I hear so many stories like this in Hollywood where actors were forced to like take. uh, They they offered him like, okay, we're gonna give you like no money, but we'll give you like ten percent of the gross or five percent of the gross. And actors didn't take it, and then they regretted it oh, yeah. so much. So, like, he said no and took the money because he needed to pay his rent. So he was like, all right, fine, I, I just need this money for my rent. And then the movie became what it is today. <laughs> um, same thing with Donald Sutherland was offered something ridiculous, like like something like 10% of the gross for Animal House. Holy and he turned mackerel. it down because he just wanted the cash. And then, like, he figured out how much money he would have now because Animal House is, you know, yeah. became what it was. Oh, absolutely. Um, so That's yeah, I watched. Crazy. <laughs> watched. That's funny because I was also just re- reading about a, a, a gro- the difference. T- they were talking about the difference between gross and net, right? Because um, they stopped the offering Dar- gross. <laughs> Darth Vader, the guy who was in the suit, yeah, uh, was offered net, and he took it. And Return of the Jedi or or Empire Strikes Back uh, still hasn't returned a profit. Right, yeah. Quote, yeah. unquote. Yeah. Um, and apparently there's a whole thing where, like, if you go, if you go to the process of actually suing, you will get your money because it, it's ridiculous that a movie like that wouldn't make a profit. Right. So, all you have to do is say you're going to sue them, and then they will give you a huge payout so as to not go to a court case, because if they go to a court case, the evidence that they have to give are like the books to show that they've spent every dollar they've ever actually made for some some movie-related thing. Because that's the net would be post all the expenses. And so then they just make any like 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 basically like they would say like if George Lucas would go out to lunch at like a five star restaurant and it, and the bill's like five thousand dollars. They charge that just, the movie. He just says Star Wars and they did any and then he signs the check. Yeah. And then they charge it to the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a trick uh uh I, I reading about like old Hollywood. They used to offer gross and right. then producers figured out, like, well, if we just offer them net, we'll <laughs> never have to pay them. Um, and so that started a huge right. war. Between, yeah. And Lucas was a real jackass with his points. Because yeah. he had, um, with the first Star Wars, he barely had any points. Right. But at later ones, he had tons. And so he would, like, tell people, like, if you do this for me, I'll give you a few points. And then he'd give them, like, a quarter of a point. <laughs> so... And then, but then it works out that a quarter of a point is still more money than most people can spend. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like here's a quarter of a point in Star Wars franchise. Oh, oh I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, hey everybody, welcome to End of the Critic, a podcast. Where each week we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix. And this week we have a doozy for you. Yeah, the kind of movie that I'm going to tell you right now. I, I'm going to say this because some people have said this to me. If you come up to me and say I totally understood this movie on first viewing. You are either a liar, <laughs> right, 
and I'm not finishing that because that's what you are. You're a liar. <laughs> Nobody understands this movie. Right, because the idea is that you're either a liar or you're a genius, and if you're a genius, you wouldn't be talking to me about some movie called Primer. Yeah, you'd be solving astronomical mysteries. You'd be hanging out with like Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> And, and and Bill Stephen Nye Hawking. and Stephen Hawking, like you'd be hanging out with that trifecta, <laughs> solving what dark matter is. <laughs> like that would be, that would be. Yeah. You'd be finishing up work that Carl Sagan was like, I ain't got movies because there'd be too many problems to solve. Exactly. That's the level of intelligence you need to understand. Primer. It's like it's like if somebody tells me they understood a, any David Cronenberg film completely. It's like, no, you, <laughs> no didn't. you didn't. David Cronenberg doesn't even understand what's going on, and he wrote the fucker. Yeah. Um, I will say that it, 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 if after a, a multiple viewings, you will get some. Like it, you'll get like ninety percent. Right. Like I think like you could get a lot of this movie, but first time you're viewing it you 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 will probably be a little bit lost because it is quite intricate when it comes to <laughs> a lot of ins and I mean, outs what, yeah when you're talking about twists and then you throw in the the, the words time travel twists <laughs> get ready. kind of get out of control get ready. all right well be uh, well uh, i'm chris Klump. with me as always is parker that's right Matt, uh, once again, is too busy yeah. planning a, a wedding. Yep. So he's, he's too too busy for this. I question his commitment yeah. to, to Enter the Critic, where he puts the welfare of his fiance <laughs> and his brother, right. uh, who, who's you know he's the best man in his brother's wedding, he puts their well-being before this podcast. It's unbelievable. This truly podcast. truly so. unbelievable. All right. Well, before we get into Primer, let's get into some trailers. Trailers. I just saw a whole bunch of trailers. So we saw The Revenant. Yes. In the 1820s, a frontiersman, Hugh Glass, set up, not huge ass. This isn't a Bart Simpson prank call. But a frontiersman, Hugh Glass, set out on a path of vengeance against those who left him for dead after a bear mauling. All right, this film most notably stars Tom Hardy and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, got our got our boy Dom All yep, Gleason in yep, there. Dom All Gleason's in there. Uh, see who else is in here. Uh, Lucas has, yeah, Lucas uh, has seen him in a bunch of different stuff. He's he, one of those guys. Yeah, he 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 was in a lot of movies when he was younger, like when he was like. Oh, uh, I mean, he was in. He was all like more recently. He was in uh, True Grit. Right. He was nope, in. Very um, true. Uh, Inception, yep. um, small parts, but you know, yeah, he's, he's still, in there. He's he's doing stuff. Oh, the big thing though is the director is yes. Alejandro Inarritu, who we all know from Birdman, Birdman, yes, and also Babel and Beautiful, starring Javier Bardem, but most recently, obviously, Birdman. So, uh, definitely very different than uh, Birdman. <laughs> In that, oh my god, this yes, is like so dark, and also very, you know, set in the 1820s pioneer frontier. Uh, right. This is like, you know, a crazy kind of set. Like these are huge, big type sets. I mean, he's he's definitely doesn't shy away from that. Uh, Babel had a lot of very like very global sets. You know, you were hopping from one right, country to right. another, but this like. 
is, you know, a period piece. And it is about a real dude, Hugh Glass, uh, who was mauled by a bear and then, like, literally trekked across, like, the country to get to safety. It's out of control. Um, so this actually sort of happened. Yeah, yeah. So nuts. Uh, near the for- forks of the Grand River, uh, where let's see where this is uh, in South Dakota. Uh, he he gets mauled by a grizzly bear. Um, he he fights back. Basically, he got between a mother and cubs. Oh shit! And he gets wrecked. Uh, and he fought back with his knife. And uh, he kills the bear. Jeez, <laughs> uh, with with the help of uh, a couple of his 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 trapper guys that are with him. But he was like badly mauled and unconscious. And they left. The, basically, they they left two dudes there to stay with him till he died, and then bury him. And uh, th- supposedly, some Indians attacked them, and then they they ran off. So he's like just left to die and uh they took they took all of his equipment and and left and then and then he regains consciousness only to find himself abandoned without weapons or equipment suffering from a broken leg and cuts on his back exposing bare ribs oh my god and, and all his wounds are festering and he somehow makes it back to like, and he's more than two hundred miles away from the nearest American settlement in Missouri. And one of the most remarkable tricks known to history: Glass set his own leg, wrapped himself in the bear hide his companions had placed over him as a shroud, and began crawling. To prevent gangrene, Glass laid his wounded back on a rotting log and let maggage eat the dead flesh away. That's insane. <laughs> and then he. He uh he he just crawled and crawled and and uh he was he he at one point is able to drive two wolves away from a downed bison calf like from their own kill and, right. and then feasted on the That's on the meat nuts. Of, and then he eventually uh he eventually gets help from some uh some other Native Americans some friendly Native Americans he comes across and finally makes his way to Fort Kiowa. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> so, this, yeah. And this trailer feels insane. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Valhalla Rising. Yes. Um, this trailer has yeah. a very, like, similar feel of tone. Yes, Where I it's agree. like, everything is falling apart, and it's just pure chaos. Yeah. This and it's just this like, isn't like... This isn't like a battle... Like with regimented battle no, lines, or anything. No, like, I mean, this is this is this yeah. feels like like now that I hear the story of what happens, it makes more sense. Because in 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 Valhalla Rising, it gets to a point where you're like, okay, we are way in over our heads, and all semblance of order is gone, and it's just survivalist chaos. Right. And that's what this trailer feels like. Is this guy's willing to do anything? Yep. That he has to do to get out of this situation. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, after the bear mauling, he is uh, he is like in, involved in an in an attack by uh, uh, a tribe of Native Americans, the Ar- Arakara. And so that's I think what we're seeing with some of those battles, right? Or yeah. Whatever. But yeah. yeah, like just kind of just 
crazy, crazy off the wall stuff that's crazy. going on. This trailer does not have any dialogue at all. There's yeah, no lines. Very little. There was like a thing in the beginning. He said, "Oh, where he said, uh, yeah, I, I no longer fear I death I, yeah, because I, I already died. I already died. Yeah." <laughs> And then that's it. Yeah. And the rest I mean, of it is just him breathing, and then you see all these scenes of just yeah. horror so and chaos. Yeah. Just, I'm gonna guess that he, he, you know, is involved in a in a like bear mauling. Well, they some, sh- they show a bear yeah, attacking right. one of the scenes. The Native bear Americans drive away his friends. He's left to die. He then then it's his journey. Yeah. Until he eventually like is recuperated enough to you know be involved in another battle i guess yeah like, I guess. Totally. <laughs> this is like i'm i'm looking forward to this movie this yeah. movie looks, it's looks gonna be insane. pretty insane it's gonna be pretty crazy so that uh let's see when's this come out uh well that just closed on <laughs> oh you said uh, it comes out in december right yeah december of this year so oh that's nuts yep so we'll see although the imdb says january 2016 but it said december and that 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 is like a four-day-old trailer so teaser so i can't see how they would be that off yeah uh, uh it looks so damn good yeah really uh, plus it, you know tom hardy and leonardo yeah. dicaprio you're not going wrong there right and uh, like i i i am definitely down for like a pioneer times oh yeah piece that's oh, awesome yeah. Like, yeah that's a that's a really interesting time that you don't see a ton of movies set but the ones not major motion are usually pictures. pretty yeah. cool yeah all right well Let's move on to my personal favorite. Just the 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 thing I look. The reason I keep doing this podcast, Chris's corner. Chris Connor. Wow, Matt Matt didn't sing it. He felt it was Chris. Oh, he, he thought it was. A, he couldn't do it. Yeah, himself. he felt he felt it was doing you an injustice. I think, I think he was just being lazy. To be honest, I'm yeah. I'm not going to be lazy for this podcast. Um, Chris Connor. The name of this Chris film Conner. is a 1973. Action crime drama that's also listed under the erotic. Everything on my figured as much. Everything on this corner seems to be that. Let me guess: all the actors are also in pornography. (laughs) Oh no, we've this. This stars. uh, This stars my girl, my 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 seventies movie crush, uh, Christina Lindbergh. Christina Lindbergh from uh, Thriller, The Girl ah, with One yes. Eye. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This movie is called. <laughs> so we we came across this one when we were talking about that. We must have because no, what? No, we didn't talk How about this one. How did we not bring one. this one up? Uh, she's not the star. Oh. She's a, she is just. Okay. <laughs> trust me, we'll All get right. there. The title of the film is called Sex and Fury. <laughs> All right, sex. Okay, if I type in "sex fury" on IMDb, it doesn't come up. Nope, because it's that buried. (laughs) Yep. Okay, here it is. Oh yeah, I I, we did talk about this because because I I I read I read it off and you were like, "Whoa, I gotta see that." We did mention this, but yeah, okay, yeah. This one looked interesting. I'm interested to hear how it was. I was hoping you would do this one at some point. (laughs) During the Melji era, a gambler called Ocho takes revenge on three gangsters who killed her father, shelters a wanted anarchist, and confronts a British spy. That's a lot of different okay. things. Here, here's why it's so crazy. Uh, from what I gather, uh, oh, also this movie doesn't star anybody that I recognize other than <laughs> right. other, other than my girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so 
the director, the the, the you know the writer and director of this film wanted to do like a, a Japanese gangster film set in you know feudal Japan with the whole gambling scene, mm-hmm. um, and he wanted the main character to be uh, a a woman who runs the gambling. The, the game basically how it works over there how it worked over there in like feudal japan was you had these women who would like be all tattooed up uh and would wear a specific robe in a specific way like usually with a bare shoulder um and they would run the game they would run whatever get type i forget what the game is called but it was a specific type of game um on a plane he meets christina Lindbergh. okay and was so captivated by her that he like went over to her and said, "Like I, I, I must have you in my movie." She was flying to Japan. Oh, okay. And she goes, "Well, okay, I'll be in your movie." <laughs> so he writes a part for her, <laughs> just and and Great. puts in this whole B story about like a British spy <laughs> and um. How she falls in love with one of the operatives that she's sent to spy on oh so they gosh. can have tons of nude scenes with her. Oh, um, my gosh. Hilarious. And he just, he just writes all this in there. So this movie feels like two movies that collide at one point. <laughs> um, but it's incredible. The, the cinematography is amazing. There is a scene that... Quentin Tarantino ripped off wholesale for Kill Bill. Uh, okay. Um, you know the scene after the crazy 88s are defeated okay. and she walks out in the courtyard to do battle? It's like all snowing yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That scene is in this movie, but it was 1973. Um, this woman is sitting in, like the main character is sitting in a bath, like, like in a, like a hot spring bath or whatever. Yeah. And suddenly... Like a rival gang tries to kill her because she's like a th- kind of head of like a thieving syndicate, sort of. Um, if I remember correctly, okay, in a little while, yeah. So she jumps out of this bath <laughs> completely naked, grabs a katana, and then just starts just killing fuckers wholesale against this incredibly beautiful backdrop oh, of this nice. like feudal Japan like square and the snow is falling and like the music is like this really again like like right out of Kill Bill right so like clearly this inspired Tarantino and I did read like this was a movie on his uh inspiration list so she's just slashing guys left and right running around in slow motion it's beautifully shot but um, naked the whole completely time. Completely naked the whole time, which is really <laughs> weird. But she's like covered in blood and just going berserk. And I'm like, this movie is nuts. And this isn't like the first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I see some pictures here from this this scene, I think. This this is like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's straight up right out of the movie. Um where she's just running around, just wrecking like, shop. So awkward. She's yeah. like, just awkward naked, like not sexy. Yeah, there's there's nothing like, sexy about it. I don't understand like, why okay, it's there. What's happening? Like, um, so then like funny. then there's a B story where she goes and she's supposed to gamble with this woman who's the British spy, and so there's that. And then like at one point she gets captured and the British spy like tortures her, but like does it in this really weird 
S and M religious thing. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Uh, and the whole time she's after the people who killed her father. Like that's the whole crux of the story gotcha. is she's okay. trying to figure out who were the gangsters that killed her father. Gotcha. Um, this movie is remarkable. <laughs> I absolutely love it. If I can find it on DVD or Blu-ray, I doubt it. I I will be buying it. Um, I had to resort to straight up theft. I had to download it because <laughs> um, I tried so hard to find a streaming version right. anywhere, and mm-hmm. I couldn't. Uh, and so I I I went on Pirate Bay, my favorite video rental store. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I downloaded it, and it didn't... I was shocked. I thought it was going to be one of those downloads where it's like, all right, we have two leeches and one cedar. Yeah, <laughs> and right. it's going to take you 47 weeks. Yeah. Like, uh, but it only... It honestly only took two hours to download. I was shocked. Uh, apparently, it's very sought after. Um, and, and I just sat, and I watched it on my computer, and I thought, like, oh, my God, this movie's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love And it was one of those movies that as Melissa's walking back and forth from the kitchen, like she's walking past what? my computer, what? she's like, what the hell are you watching? I'm like, it's the movie. Just, whatever. You don't need to know. It's, it's really, you, you won't like it. It's really good. And it's subtitled. Um, so there's there's a version of it with with a, a, like an, a, an acceptable cover. Yep. That's the cover you normally see. And that one you can only buy like from sellers. You know what I mean? Like it's not available, like like new, new. But you right. can buy, get it from sellers for like used from thirty dollars, new from sixty two dollars. Yeah. But there is a prime eligible. Hell copy yeah! Twenty dollars. Look at that. This cover. <laughs> Why don't you that's, email that to me, Parker? That's a little that's, less. That's going on my accessible. Christmas gift wish list. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'll just send this to your Facebook messenger. And you have a great time with that. Done and done. <laughs> uh, that will go with my my. I me and me and me and Melissa have opted to no no longer buy physical media because well you've been over at my house you saw our DVD collection it's getting out of control. Um. But one of the things that I, I said I will continue to buy physically is Grindhouse films that I absolutely love. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, what else are you going to do? Like, well, where, how else am I going to get them? 18 parts on YouTube. Or, or I could just ante up and buy it. the movie. Yep. So this this movie is definitely going on my, uh, my, my Grindhouse section in my library. It, um... It's one of those films that I wish... And I've had this problem in the past where I keep thinking about it, where... I want to start showing some of these more loved Grindhouse films to my friends, but then I also have to, like, couch this with, like, some of this is flat-out pornographic, <laughs> so you have to, like, like if, if, if you're at all squeamish or the fact that, like, most of the time the main character's going to be nude, like, if that bothers you, you're really not going to want to see this movie, <laughs> and this film is no exception. That's awesome. Uh, I just love the fact that, like, the director and writer met this chick on a plane and was like, all right, I'm writing you into my movie because I think you're hot. <laughs> I just think that's so great. Um, and you could tell she had no time to like rehearse or learn her lines because just... it's all it, like her lines are are also dubbed, but in um, 
Japanese. So like the the the, the parts that are Japanese are dubbed in English or subbed in English, and then her lines are spoken in English, but uh, subbed in Japanese. So they're because they were like that's the easiest way to do it. <laughs> She flubs so much of her lines. It's ridiculous. She keeps like there, there's at one the one of the takes. I guess they were like whatever. Who cares? Just roll with it. She flat out starts a sentence, stops, and restarts the sentence. We're gonna, we are, we're gonna exactly that. It's exactly <laughs> that. She she says something to the effect of like, I can't do, I cannot, I I cannot do this. And I'm like, they must have just figured. Wonderful. Well, nobody speaks any, like they're not going to speak English. Who cares? So, uh, yeah, seek this film out. It's so good. So, all right, moving on to our feature presentation. We saw Primer. Four friends, fledgling entrepreneurs, knowing that there's something bigger and more innovative than the different error checking devices they've built, wrestle over their new invention. All right. This movie doesn't star really anybody, but it is interesting the uh, gentleman Shane Caroth, let's say Caroth, Caruth sounds yep. right. Uh, writer, director, composer, cinematographer, <laughs> producer, and star. I think he also did the editing. Yep, did the editing as well. <laughs> uh, produ- he did production design. He did sound. This was his baby, and and interestingly enough, you know, didn't do too much afterwards um upstream like, okay. color was oh, about right. his only other thing which okay. is equally as this dude's fucked up it's equally as confusing yeah um but but david sullivan the guy who plays abe uh went on to quite a bit of stuff yeah he he, he had a career after this yeah dude, not not that the other guy did not a but huge like, career i mean a couple of you know tv shows this and that but he, he was in argo, argo. Yep. yeah and he was yep. a main guy i do recognize him yep um so let's let before we get into what we thought of this movie, I think it's interesting to talk about how this movie got made. Right. Uh, so this was a straight up passion project for um, Shane Carruth. Yeah, for Shane Carruth. This was like his baby. Mm-hmm. If I understood correctly, I was reading on the IMDb or um, the Wikipedia. He went and took classes. Because he had a degree in, I think, en- some form of engineering, if I remember correctly. Makes like, sense. I mean, I feel like to make this movie, you'd have to have some. Yeah. You'd have to have some knowledge. You couldn't. You couldn't make Just think this, of this level. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then he went and took classes in physics, and hung out at like, like. I don't know how he did it. Like, like if I understood correctly, he like shadowed various places, like, like, like Lockheed or right. places like that, to get the jargon down of what engineers or scientists, like inventors, right. would say, so he could write this dialogue. The dialogue is heavy and it comes quick. Yeah, it's one of those movies where I'm like, Whoops, okay, I need subtitles because damn, you're talking over each other, and the subtitles don't help because it's just yeah. like. Inaudible conversation. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Basically, like, uh, like up until they make their invention, and they're and it's just the four the four dudes like hanging around, built like working on things. Yeah, like yeah. their conversations are just ridiculous. They, and, like it's like it's one of those things where you're you just kind of 
let it all like for the most part you can kind of just let it all just be like the exact same thing as like scenery that helps to set right. your location. It's basically like listen to this talk and then you go, "Oh, that's the kind of people we're dealing with." It <laughs> like, it took it took me forever. It took me like 3 views just to figure out what they were trying to invent right. when they invent the time machine <laughs> by accident. And so they're trying to invent some kind of anti-grav rail, like a like a superconductor rail. Um so and and in doing so they stumble upon a time like they completely discover by accident a way to travel through time. But it's done in a really unique and very interesting way. So unlike Back to the Future or uh um what's that HG well, just the time machine. Right. Um the machine itself can only travel as far back as it's been left on. Right. And so, it, and it can only travel that far back period right yeah so like if you want to go back 24 hours you have to leave the machine on for 24 hours then you have to get in the machine and stay in it for 24 hours right and that's how you travel back in time um but you can go back to the exact moment that the machine was turned on yeah but no further no further um and so that that in of itself is interesting uh, and they allude to the idea that it can only go back as far, like, because of that, like, one of the theories in actual time travel, like, not in this movie, but in, in real life, is that if a machine was invented, it could only travel back as far as its invention, like, right. date. Right. Um, and they obviously use that for this movie. Um, then you start getting into paradoxes, specifically doubles. Right. Because a lot of this movie is what makes it so confusing is you're never really sure who is who. Right. You're never sure if the individual that we are following is the original mm-hmm. or if it's the double. And then when you do figure out it, it becomes even more confusing because right. you're not sure which double it is. Right. Uh, if there's multiple doubles running around. <laughs> Basically, the whole idea is these guys invent this time machine. They d- invent it by accident. Right. And when they invent it, they do what all normal people would do is, how do we get rich with this yes. really fast yes. without they, actually patenting anything? Right. And the best way they determined to do it is because you couldn't, I mean, it's a small thing, so you don't want to be, like, and you have to tra- You have to wait as long as the, the box to go back as far as you want to go. Right. So you so can't like go back you, months or years. Right. So you literally are going to be waiting, like... In a tiny little box. So then they like figure, well, here's what we'll do. We'll get a newspaper. We'll go back to the day before and we'll buy some stocks. Yep. Because we know how each stock is going to do perfectly. Yep. So you can you can easily make a million dollars, like a million dollars quickly as long as you build, make little investments. You return and on then it they and you stay off. sell it. Yeah. And they want to stay off the, the whole they don't want anyone to notice. Right, right. So then it yeah. just looks like they're really good at the stock market, but not exceptional at the right. stock market. Because they, yeah, they cause do talk about how bad. they pick they pick just the right ones. Yeah, because that would ones. get attention. Yeah, they don't, they don't pick ones that are like, well, what the hell is going on? Clearly, they need to be investigated because they had some inside information or right. something. They don't pick right. those. Yeah. They just pick the ones that are like going to get you a lot of money, but not an insane amount of money. Right. But it, but it, but it's basically like it's like one of these things where it's like if you 
even like you could you could invest in a in a company that like is very big and and people would invest in it with no with no question the question the, the problem is you you have if you had a guarantee that it will go up one point then you could then throw all of your money into it right you yeah. could throw every single cent you have into it therefore getting you a bigger return because you had so much money going into it in the first place right yeah exactly. whereas it's not like you're you know they're not like investing in something that like skyrockets overnight which would make them like too much money yeah yeah because they're constantly looking at stuff they even say in the movie they're looking up like they go to the library and they're typing up on the internet and they're like no we can't that that would be too much that'd be too much that's too that's too crazy yeah um so then like they set the machine and they go to this hotel room and hang out there so they're not they're, they're like there's no way they're gonna be they're gonna interact with themselves yeah interact with their doubles because they're they're you really get the idea that they have no idea what they're doing. Right. Um, For sure. And they know but there, that. But there is like, I mean, I feel like they they are enough of uh, physicists to know um, that like, is, to know that like when, um, I mean, there's, there's a whole thing where like if matter is like matter that is moved backwards in time would look very similar to antimatter and antimatter interacting with matter creates a like a a, a bomb the stop like a million times yeah more yeah than a than a hydrogen bomb like it's like you know like hundreds of magnitude larger like destroying like part of the globe yeah exactly <laughs> so um like and, and they talk about like they, they they go into a scene where they're like well like for for example, the one guy forgets to turn off his cell phone and it rings, and they're like, "Well, how's this going to work? There are two cell phones in this timeline now. Whose whose cell phone is ringing? Like, is it yours? Is it both of yours? What's how's that going to work?" And they start freaking out, um, because again, they they have they they have this device. They understand just enough of it to be dangerous, right. um, so they're trying to make money, and then the idea pops in their head of would we talk to our other self and if so what would happen right. and what would we do and then this the, the the movie tells the story in a very non-linear way where right. you find out what is happening after it's already happened right where one guy shows up and saves his I think his ex-girlfriend? Yeah, there's just like basically I I think in order to tell the story of like what effectively, you know, you could do with time travel, something like they like you know, some tragedy happens where a guy showed up to a party, party with a shotgun and he was mad at his ex-girlfriend and he had a gun and a scuffle happens and somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Or, or killed or whatever. They're, yeah, they're, they're, it's really unclear as to what exactly happens. Right. Because when we're told that it happens, it's already done. Right. The and guy I, refers to this other guy as a hero, like, hey, is hero around? You know, didn't you hear he saved everybody at this party? Right. And that's when the other, I think Abe figures it out like, oh, shit, he went back in time without me. Right. Because he's and like, did this? Yeah, because he's like, oh, I can go back in time, and all I and and they and they don't want to make it like a big to do where they like affect everything. They just want to divert the event from happening. So right. they like just 
like they like they're I think they're like they just go and unload the shotgun. Right. Yeah, that's the easiest way to do it is they go and unload the shotgun. Right, because then he would think it's loaded and then, you know, but like it wouldn't be or so, you know, like and they were like going through all the stuff. But then like you figure out the one guy is recording his conversations. Like you get yeah. the idea that he's doing this over and over and right. over again. Like the one the one uh, uh Abe, or I think no, not Abe, the other character. Um Aaron. Aaron so, says something like they they practiced this and and he also refers to what's going on in the third person right. which leads you to believe that he's another double right um, so i think like, like one of the big like things that it took me a million times watching this to like get and I, and i've you know looked at timelines that people have made and stuff and like one of the 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 the, the explanations that i've come to is like the the the, the general summaries now there's a lot of like extra things that happen like the stuff with the party and like some of the other things that like are you know make things you know complicated or whatever but in general yeah so they built this machine and but it can only go back to when they built it so it turns out that abe before he realized what they were building right before he told before they finally build the one together and he so he builds, builds the fail safe. He builds a fail safe and, and has, just leaves it and running. Has been leaving it running in a storage unit since they built the first one, like before they built the first one, right. knowing that he could always go back to before he and Aaron built the machine and order to order stop everything. But Aaron catches right. that he has a storage unit. In in you know from the notices, manifest yeah he notices that Abe has a storage unit goes and finds the failsafe box so uh, the the thought is so he gets in the failsafe box with his own box with his own box right <laughs> goes back to the moment that the failsafe box was built which was before they built their their their, their box boxes. together he builds his and then the idea is that he switches abe's off switches his on and then switches abe's on so now his failsafe box is now before abe's failsafe box right right so abe's failsafe box can now only go back to a point that's after aaron's, aaron's failsafe, failsafe box, box. <laughs> and so they, they, it's like this weird double crossing thing yeah. um and and they keep like at one point one of the doubles attacks the original mm-hmm. like you said it's really easy to knock so, like render someone unconscious when you know exactly what they're going to have for breakfast so he like like doses him with something and then like stashes him in the attic and assumes his place <laughs> but it has has these recordings so he knows exactly yeah. what to say so he doesn't fuck anything up and there was a there was a, but then a, at an one earlier point, time when he was listening to something he said he was listening to the game. Yeah, he was listening to a game on his on so his that headset. It explained why he was had the headset. But, but in reality, he was listening to the conversation <laughs> on a three second delay, so that he knew what to say. And then Aaron comes back again, or no, Abe comes back, and Aaron is saying everything wrong. And that's when Aaron figures, or Abe figures out, oh crap, this is a double. This isn't the original guy. Yeah, because he's also recording everything, <laughs> and it gets super complicated. Um, and at the very end, there's kind of a big thing of like an implication of what's happening, and you're like, 
holy crap. And then the movie just ends. Right. It's remarkably, as complicated as it is, it's only an hour and 15 minutes. It's right. short. Right. Um, and but yeah, I, got, I, I, I gathered at the end the, the, the giant warehouse. I figured they were right. making a house-sized machine. Right. So they're going to build a machine that you could then be comfortable spending years, years in. in. So therefore, you could turn the machine on, do whatever for like a bunch of years yeah and then go back go like back. five years yeah exactly because you just have to like hang out in this house that you could have fully stocked to last five years and therefore ha- have all of the implications of being able to go back five years right and do everything over again like in any you know in every every different permutation Asen- essentially immortality yeah so you can just do sure. it again yeah um Whereas the first box they have is like a, a coffin. It's very right, small. Right, right. Um, yeah. This movie, <laughs> this movie's insane. And like, the, it's so much double crossing that, and, and, and then you're like realizing that it's like, like, I, I mean, you know, you watch like a, a movie, like, like when you talk about like, um, what's a double crossy spy type movie like? Well, I mean, like Tinker Taylor Soldier yeah, Spy or something yeah. where it's like who's, who's who on whose side exactly? But then like throw time travel into that movie, you'd and, be like and doubling <laughs> and doubling. That's the that's the best part. Yeah, because then you're like, who am I talking to? Am I talking to you? To or Abe am I talking Prime to... or Abe like second or Abe third or yeah, Abe... exactly. <laughs> um, and then the implication of like. Who can they trust? Can they trust each? Can they trust themselves? Like, right. You know, yeah. Well, clearly um, they, clearly like they, they're like, who can we trust? Kind of thing. And then it turns out that Abe doesn't even feel like he could trust Aaron right off the bat because he builds he builds the failsafe. Although to be fair, like I would, you I mean you would think that you would do that just for the safety of everything, everything, just right. to be like, just in case this goes horribly wrong. Well, because again, they they, they keep talking about like. All right, at at be- at best if you would run into your double, like it might not unmake reality, but can you imagine a more soul-crushing thing to realize that your life is not like everything's predetermined already. Right. Because like can you imagine what that would do to you? Right. Like right. you would go insane. Yeah. Yeah, every um, thing you do is there's no, you know, you There's have, no way around it. And whatever you do, you already did it. And yep. some guy already watched you do it. Yep. And even if you decide, well, I'm going to do something <laughs> totally random, well, you didn't. You because did I already that. know you did that. <laughs> yeah. You you did that because you saw me and then you did some weird shit because yeah. you were like, oh, look what a crazy shit yeah. I'm going to do. But like just that trying to get trying to grasp that mentally would <laughs> leave you leave you insane. Yeah. Um so the, the 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 things that are most impressive about this film is A, the the writing. Mm-hmm. Just the overall like idea they're trying to get across. And then the fact that they did it for next to nothing. Yeah. Seven thousand dollars. Right. Just to give you an idea, I could afford seven thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like, like that's not like, out of the realm of like all right, seven thousand dollars and I to have make a something movie. That, right. To make something that like like people will be talking about the, I mean, not everybody in the world, it's not like that popular but, but I mean it went to but film people festivals. that care, yeah, people that care about film and especially care about like science fiction and time travel film will be talking about primer for like the rest of eternity. Yeah, like, exactly. Like they're this, never, this there's never going to not a milestone. Come up. Right. Yeah. It's never going to not come up in a conversation where you talk about like 
especially time travel movies specifically, but even if you're just talking about science fiction movies in general, especially when you're talking about like, you know, independent science fiction films, like this has got to be at the top, like the top oh, three oh, yeah. independent science yeah. fiction films ever made. Like, just to give you an idea, take something like, uh, I don't know, Pi. Right. Um, Aronofsky had to borrow thousands. Yeah. From a lot of different people. From a lot he of like, different people. Yeah, he had a whole thing where he like uh, basically um, made it into a um, like a, like a return. Like right. He he, yeah. he like he told a bunch of people, and it to paid his credit, off. To his credit, it paid off, and they all got what they said. Like there was no loophole where he's like tricked them. No, he like, paid. They, he paid them all back. Yeah, they they got um, it all back. But the budget there was sixty thousand. Sixty thousand dollars. So. Literally, almost ten times, and as and, much. and and it's a similar concept as far as here's this science fiction movie that is right. that is big thinking, not but, a lot of people but, in it, and there's no like n- no, no special, special effects. effects. But we're talking well, about one crazy... there's one special effects right. shot where he drills into his head, right? But like that's it, yeah, that's it. There's nothing crazy over the top. Uh, another independent film, although completely different in tone. Uh, well then, I mean, there is a, then there is a special effect in Primer when they show that thing in the beginning. It's kind of like vibrating slightly. Yeah, but, you but can, I mean, I feel like that's can, as big as drilling the head. Like the drilling the head scene is like an instant shot. Like it's barely enough. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, that's true. It's like just some not you know whatever. Um, but then but yeah. take like take another another independent film, uh, Clerks. I mean, mm-hmm. Clerks was. <laughs> Kevin Smith just took out a bunch of credit cards and maxed them all out, yep. knowing that if this movie didn't work, he was financially done. And that budget was $230,000. And that was clerks. that was four guys, one and two girls. And you're talking 1994 dollars. Yeah, exactly. But like <laughs> you're talking a you're talking a cast of what? Seven or eight people right. shot in a store that they worked at yep. overnight. And it still cost them that much money. Like they they ha- they didn't have to pay for location. Nope, nope, because they did it on the <laughs> off hours. Because they talked to their man. The one guy was a manager, right? Um, yep. And and that's how much it cost them seven thousand dollars for a remarkable film. And, and we're talking two thousand and four, literally ten years. In like so, so you're talking if you're comparing Clerks or. Uh, uh, pie money pie was 98 right so e- both of those are like years before 10 years of inflation and they're yep. still only still seven thousand still doing it for seven thousand dollars that to me is remarkable um now that doesn't mean it was easy it oh, took yeah. it took the guy something like two years just to edit it i bet yeah um, by himself just yeah it was just by himself it took him two years to edit it and he said in an interview that there were multiple times when he was all but ready just to throw it away and just say i'm done like it was so That's difficult crazy. for him to you know get this finished That's nuts. um do you want to know uh what the the gross uh, yeah I, I just imagine how much money this movie made <laughs> compared to how much it cost it made four hundred and twenty four thousand dollars that's probably just box office that's gross that's just usa gross yeah yeah that's not after yeah that's just box office gross but uh 60 times as much yeah 
That that invest that return on investment is huge. The opening weekend was twenty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, so therefore it's like they, done. Yeah, it w- it opened on four screens, and they made twenty eight thousand dollars because this is <laughs> this is how you do independent cinema, right? Yeah, where you you keep the budget to next to nothing, and you just invest a lot of time and energy. Yeah, th- like you said, they released it on four screens, and it just crushes. Yeah, because their, like, their somebody goes see it. And then it's like, oh, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go see it. But just imagine if you made a movie like this today, where social media is more prevalent oh, than it gosh. was yeah, back absolutely. then. Oh yeah, um, yeah this would be blowing up. Yeah, this movie could have been huge. Uh and and I, like like I said, the guy the guy clearly made his mark because he went on to do another movie equally as confusing called Upstream <laughs> Color, which I don't even want to begin to try to uh, uh, critique upstream color i watched it once and by the end of it i'm like i have were they pigs i have no idea wait what (laughs) didn't you have you seen upstream color holy shit uh imagine a man and a woman are drawn together entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism yeah essentially (laughs) Um, identity becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the loose fragments of wrecked lives what the the movie the movie is so confusing. It it essentially starts out like a mind control film okay. where a guy discovers a way to control someone's mind and he uses it as a scam. But there's something involving like a parallel lives with the people that he controls with a pig farm <laughs> where these people when they meet they're not supposed to meet and the pig farmer finds out because these two pigs mate so he has to take the pigs separate them take their offspring and kill them um like in a really horrible way he like drowns them in a sack oh um gosh. and like somehow yeah that that's like the first hour <laughs> that's what i rem- that's that's where it went really off the rails and i went what is this movie about i was following and primer is very similar where you will follow it right pretty well you'll be like okay i'm good i'm good i got this i got this and then the then the 15 minute to the end mark hits and that's when you're like wait what (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's funny because you're you're talking about a movie that's an an hour hour and 15 minutes 15 minutes So, so like the hour passes and you're like what were they talking about i mean yeah, yeah, yeah because I thought be. the same thing when they said this is the most confusing time travel movie you'll ever watch. And I'm following it for an hour. And I'm like, see, all right, the, the box can only go back so yeah, far. Okay, okay. They can only be on as I long mean, as yeah, it goes. yeah, their jargon in the beginning was like, I, I don't know their yeah, talk. Yeah, I wasn't but, sure what they were building. But it building. was inconsequential talk. It was yeah. just like shop talk. Like, yeah. It didn't matter. And when they explain how the machine works, quote unquote, right, you're like, yeah, I'm not whatever, like- I can just, I, I'll just... <laughs> glaze over that i don't really yeah, care I mean, that's it, like it works any movie magic yeah. gotcha um but i'm like as far as the a to b to c storyline i'm like all right this makes sense they're making money they're trying to make money yep. uh a little confusing about like because they run into a guy that like when they run into him in the morning he has yeah. a clean shaven in the next like that afternoon he's got like a five-day growth right um but then there's the part where that one guy gets out of the box too early yeah, and it goes into a coma. Yeah, yep, yep. And like you're like, oh, that's that's a little weird. weird. And like the the one guy, like his ears start to bleed, right? And they can't. Their handwriting goes a little funky, but they're not sure why. And but again, that's not stuff that is out of the realm of possibility for you to understand. Yeah, you're like, okay, it's weird. Yeah, stuff it's happening. weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
And then the last though. 15 minutes hits. It's literally at the 15 minute mark or the hour mark where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? And then for the rest of the movie, it's just you going, wait, who, who's who now? Yeah. I am lost. But you're yeah. never not entertained. No, you're that's never what's great. Bored. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it never hits a point where you're like, somehow you might not be like in that last bit, you might not be like, fully aware of what exactly is happening as far as who's who exactly is talking at any given moment like in terms of which right. which version and blah 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 but but it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter i mean it matters because you want to know but like it doesn't matter like it, it doesn't this. affect it's a bunch yeah. of nonsense yeah. like you, it you doesn't don't just feel like a david it. lynch film right where i had like i like mulholland drive I, or something where you're just like what the just get yeah. over yourself. Like I, I mean, I love David Lynch's. It sounds work. like that's what Upstream Color is a little bit more like, where you're kind of like, it gets a little bit too weird, or no? Yeah, it goes, it goes off the rails. But like again, the first hour, you're like, all right, I can kind of piece this together, but then the the end is just like like a David Lynch film, where you're like, wait, okay, <laughs> you are either remarkably intelligent or fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> Oddly enough, that's every David Lynch film I've ever seen. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's not like a David Lynch film where I'm annoyed by it. Right. Where I'm like, this guy is so full of himself as an artist that like he's just making shit weird for the sake of being weird. Because um, that's most of David Lynch's stuff, except for Elephant Man and maybe Eraserhead. Right, right. But like, Mulholland Drive... <laughs> kiss my ass um whereas this film you're like okay this guy honestly and you feel like someone's got to have the answer and i've read stuff that you know tries to break it down and i'm like still i've seen this movie four or five times i'm like i'm so lost by the end of it every time I'm like well how did that guy get oh whatever it's still a great movie right like like even like the 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 bit as as far as i can tell like with the like a summary, it still doesn't help with like what is happening at any given moment in that last bit. Like I've 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 figured out I guess like what the overarching like things happen, like the major right. stuff, like with the right. boxes and and the failsafe, and and then you know Abe, you know Aaron gets his own failsafe and whatever resets Abe's and all that stuff. But like, but like towards the end when you're like who is talking right now like i couldn't tell you right there exactly. is a great uh somebody made a great timeline like a visual timeline to primer with a lot of like each timeline is labeled right yeah i've seen i've seen and so like it's like each timeline is labeled like like when and then you see the events and so it it'll, it'll be like it's broken down to each individual scene. So, like, they'd be like, when this scene happens, find it in the in the thing, and you could see who, which timeline it's from. So you could see, like, it's from, oh, that's from Aaron, you know, six, who, like, went all the way back right, to the beginning right. or whatever. So it's really, you know, you know, uh, that that's formative it's a yeah. good it's a good helpful you know helper but it's still far it's still far out it's still hard to follow. Uh, my favorite primer timeline is when it has all the 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 characters and it's like a like these blue lines and then that goes on the graph and then it just becomes a jumble oh yeah of X, awfulness X, X, XKCD it just comes a, out with a question mark yeah xkcd did a great yeah timelines <laughs> it's amazing that, that one is just a big jumble of it's nonsense. just like yep it, it looks like some kid went berserk with a spirograph 
<laughs> and then it comes out to a question mark. All right, well, uh, let's uh, let's put a rating on this sucker here. I give it um, four out of four boxes. There were so many more boxes. <laughs> that you know that. I'm gonna go with the the. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give 36 out of 36 hour days that they were living. Uh, my favorite line in the movie is like, "Man, I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten since later this afternoon." <laughs> Ah, uh, love it. That's wonderful. All right. Uh, well, that about wraps it up here for us on End of the Critic. All right, so our next movie is going to be Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I personally, I've seen the trailer a couple times. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I liked uh, the I liked Ghost Protocol. Yeah, Ghost Protocol so. was great. Yeah, so, that, so who, who knows? I'm, I'm, Hopefully I'm, they don't I'm mess it up. You know? I sure hope not. Simon Pegg helped write this one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, yeah he did. Uh, I got a lot of faith there. So. Definitely. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Chris Klump. Parker is me. That's right. We'll see you next time.